Dear listener, welcome to the Unstable Podcast episode Working. Let us assume that you, like many others, are currently working from home. And let us assume that you are mainly behind your computer screen while you perform your tasks. For the sake of convenience, let us assume that while you are working, you can occasionally look outside, to a street, a garden, or through the neighbor's window. Let us assume that you play this podcast to get a bit of distraction or extra concentration while you are working. Obviously, this is a very limited representation of what work can be. Who invented the distinction between work and non-work? Is it a Western construction? Why do we have to work for money? And why are people assumed not to work if they don't get paid? And what exactly is the difference between work and private life? Or something else, the difference between work and your hobbies? Why would I like to talk about the banal work of an office worker? Why does the office worker feel to me as standard, the cliched image of working people? And in addition, why do we actually work? Unfortunately, no answers can be found in this podcast. Another reason this podcast is problematic is because you probably won't get any work done while you listen. I do have a number of fragments that illustrate the concept of work different, and which, if you're lucky, will raise even more questions. In addition, our guest of this episode, Celine Talens, has made a contribution that literally puts you to work. You don't know where you start, and you certainly don't know where you end. We have also planned one coffee break to give the cliché of the office worker some extra depth. So whatever you do, work will never be the same again. To get a grip on our subject, we start with the definition of working, found on Wikipedia. Working is making desirable changes in the environment through human activity. Work can be both physical and mental. In an economic context, one speaks of labor. A distinction is made between paid and unpaid work. Unpaid work for third parties that does not involve coercion is called voluntary work. Unpaid work for third parties that does involve coercion is called slavery. Labor of people under the age of 12 is called child labor. A distinction is also made between employers and employees. An employee is somebody who performs paid work. An employer is a natural person whose work creates paid work for others or a legal person employing employees. Belgium labor law still makes a clear distinction between workers, traditionally manual workers, and white-collar workers, traditionally mental workers. 
This distinction mainly concerns social laws. A coherent set of work tasks is called a profession. In almost the entire Western world, labor relations are regulated by law in, for example, a company scheme or collective labor agreement, CAO. You want to learn how to beat procrastination, you have to see it for what it is, resistance. The thing that keeps you from doing your work, there's always this resistance. And that is because that work is so important that you're scared to do it. The short and easy answer to beating procrastination is to take action. How do we do it? What is the smallest, easiest next step that I can take towards this goal? So make it like so easy, so easy, so easy. Is so simple that it takes one second to do it. So you'll find that once you've taken like a baby step, you can take the next baby step and the next one and the next one. So I do realize that it can be pretty painful and difficult to take action, even if it's just baby steps. Set like a time deadline for myself, meaning like I'll tell myself I'll only work on this project for the next 30 minutes or the next hour. Setting that time gives me like a space to work in. don't feel like working on your project, just give yourself like a baby amount of time. Like I'm only gonna work on this for 15 minutes or 30 minutes. And if that's all you can do, then, then that's it. You know, that's great. But usually, most likely, you're probably gonna want to continue working longer. The goal here is to be able to reach your flow state. Your flow state is that state where you are super focused, super in the zone, and you are like working at your yeah, optimal capacity. In your work, you have momentum, you're on a roll, and things are going great. So that is the goal. It's what some people call deep work. That's the goal. That's the goal. That's the goal.
but it just really puts me in the zone. But when I want to like get work done, like writing and stuff, then I'll play deep focus. <laughs> Feel free to set the mood in your space with whatever works for you. Maybe you want to light a candle, maybe you want to clean up your desk so you have like a clear working space. Ask yourself like, what is your ideal space to work? You are working. You are working. You are working. You are working. working. Start giving myself a pep talk to get in the mindset to work, to work, to work. You're gonna work and you're gonna finish this today and you're gonna do this. Focus on whatever you want to focus on. Prime yourself to start being productive and get to work. Q&A. I really don't want to work. Is there something wrong with me? No, there's nothing wrong with you. This is simply because most of jobs enslave the true self into a box from hours and hours. Dead or starve. 
Routine can kill one from the inside. Take me for example. I wanted to travel the world backpacking. I wanted to live life to the fullest, meeting cultures, climbing mountains. I felt the pain of feeling life is too short to stay indoors and just see others living their dreams on the screen. But I come from a low-income Portuguese family, so not as many chances than for a low-mid-class girl from the suburbs. However, I did my best and struggled and worked hard on different jobs and studied and paid my college loans. I don't have a job and I'm depressed. My mountain dreams are far down the line and getting more and more distance. And I'm aging. Well, but there are jobs now. According to the statistics and what we see, more than 90% of new jobs are extremely precarious and underpaid. They last three to six months and mostly no unemployment support benefit after all. The money barely pays your rent and basics, water or food. However, thousands of people are joining in, working even on specialized tasks, demanding jobs with a payment that is little above the line of poverty. The fear of poverty forces people to engage on jobs they really hate. This is to say that I don't work either on these jobs. They are mostly eight hours of hard work for a few euros to stay alive inside of this urban prison. So I don't want to work in these enslaving jobs. I'm living near poverty. Yay, internet is the only richness I have. Eventually my savings will end and meanwhile the jobs are horrible and I pick one that will just bring me sorrow. If it was taking care of nature, a farm, make research, help animals and nature with a job with stability, dignity and options to travel or backpacking etc. I would love to work. But those jobs are no longer possible. But work to keep existing just because nothing, imprisoned in the same hated job routine, makes me hate to work. So you are not wrong and neither am I. Sitting down to study, for example, your conscious intent is to study. But you know perfectly well that all sorts of distraction fantasies are going to enter the theater of your imagination. imagination. Non-stop, 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 and annoyingly, and annoyingly. And, and there isn't really a lot you can do about that except maybe wait it out. Maybe you think, well, this is a stupid course anyways. Why do I have to read this damn paper? And what am I doing in university? And what's the point of life? Point of life. Point of life. And then you might think, well, what is it in you that's trying to avoid? Why don't you listen? What's the point of life? Why don't you listen? 
non-stop. Why don't you listen? Why don't you listen? break here, a coffee break here. Yeah, uh, uh, hello, here's hi. Steve. Stephen, Stephen, hi. Sit down. Roberto. You move on that, huh? Yeah, wound up. I'm wound up too. Yes. Coffee, yes, very good for me, coffee for you. I love coffee. You love, love it too? I love it. Steve. Steve. <laughs> Steve. Yeah. I love coffee. What what do you do? Uh, you know, just relax, sit around, maybe have a cigarette. Yes? Yeah, cigarettes and coffee, I think, go together good. I don't know. You think you drink too much of it? No. Coffee is good for healthy, yeah. For sleep, I like to drink before I go to sleep. I drink a lot of coffee before I go to sleep because then I can dream fast. I can dream like when they put a camera on the Indy 500, when they put a camera in the car, and it's just whipping by like that. And you can dream after dream after dream after dream. People ask me the next day, what did you dream about? And I said, I, can't, I don't have time. I don't have time to tell you this. Well, you've been here a while, I yeah, see. I've been here drinking a little coffee. Yeah, I, I see you. ordered you some. You ordered for me? I mean, is, is it cool? Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, okay. Coffee? Yeah, yeah right. Good for coffee. Okay, man. <laughs> Come on, have some coffee, yeah. Okay, coffee it is. Those your cigarettes? No, no, they, they were just sitting here in the garden. You don't smoke, do you? Nah. Don't give it up. Oh, me either, Ooh, boy. Enough of that. That was enough. Ooh. 25 <laughs> big ones. Oh, boy. Finished. Uh, got the energy now. Ooh. Hey. Ooh, I feel great. 
great. Boy, since I quit, I mean, yeah. boy, just everything. Yeah, just you focus. Zeroed you know, in. Yeah. Bang. You know. Me too. I feel sorry, for suckers. Still puffing away, you know. No willpower. No willpower. Pacifier. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> You know, the, the beauty of, of quitting is that um, now that I've quit, you know, I can have one. Because I've quit. <laughs> you know, I mean, just like jewelry, you know, it's not really. I don't even inhale. <laughs> mm. You want to join me? Well, yeah, since I quit. I'm just, yeah, yeah, okay. Now that you've quit, okay. You know, you can have sure, one. Sure, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Hey, boy. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> now that we've quit. Mm -hmm. mm. Hey, cigarettes and coffee, man. That's a combination. Can't beat it. Uh, you know, we're really like the coffee and cigarettes generation, when you think about it. You know what? I think I really got to get going. Oh, you got to go? Yeah, maybe another cup. Maybe that was thinking maybe... Oh, boy, I'd like to. No, no, no I you got to go. I, I really got to go. I mean... So, coffee and cigarettes? That's your lunch? That ain't healthy, is it? You're drinking coffee, so don't break my fucking bolts. Vinny, I had lunch already. So I'm on a diet, okay? Jesus. Wait. I like coffee. It keeps me going. It keeps you going, right? You're a fucking maniac. A caffeine maniac. You're drinking coffee, ain't you? Yeah. So? So maybe you should try to quit. Hey. Hey. I ain't no fucking quitter. <laughs> Excuse me, miss. Um, can I get you some more coffee? So, can I get you something else? Uh, a sandwich, something to eat, along with your coffee? It's, it's not a very healthy lunch, just the coffee and cigarettes. It's not my lunch, okay? I owe you some coffee, it's okay? Oh, yeah, sure, thanks. So, everything is okay? Yeah, everything is okay. Very good. I am fine. sure that everything is okay with you? Yes. Everything is okay. And you? Me? <laughs> Things are okay. Not perfect, you know, but pretty much okay, yeah? Good. I'm very happy to see you. 
I'm happy to see you, man. What can I get for you? What you having, Plady? Oh, um, can I have an espresso, please, in a large cup? Yeah, I'll have an espresso too, thanks. Double. And can I have some hot milk on the side? And could you heat it? I think we can manage that. Thank you. Oh, don't get me wrong. I mean, it must be fabulous. You know, you've got it all. You've got a good husband, beautiful baby, travel all over the world, stay in fancy hotels, parties. Yeah, well, you know what they say, the grass is always greener. So, how's, um... Shit, um... Uh... Johnny. Who? J Jimmy. J T Tommy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How is he? Oh, Tommy. Yeah. No. Uh, we broke up almost two years ago. Besides, this coffee is awful. Oh. Yeah, you're right. It really is bad, isn't it? Ugh, dreadful. I propose a toast. So what should we toast? Oh, God. Paris in the 1920s. Josephine Baker, Le Moulin Rouge. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Ça va, papa. And also, New York in the 70s, in the late 70s. Really? Oh, all right. Cheers. Cheers. Hmm. Delicious, isn't it? Oh, champagne. Nectar of the gods. Is that all you're having for lunch? Is a coffee and a cigarette? It's not very healthy. Like a break here, a coffee break here. Oh, how depressing. How long is our break anyway? Well, we have about ten minutes and it's nearly over now. Ooh. Oh, say it isn't true. Well? What? I, I ask you to say it isn't true. Say what isn't true? Oh, never, never, never mind. Uh, anyway, I have to have a nap. So, so call me when the break is over. The next fragment is from The Confused Guinea Pig, uh, originally The Verwarde Cavia by Pauline Cornelissen. It's called Caution. Monday morning. It was raining, but Cavia decided not to take shelter. That's how she got wet, but was the first to arrive at the office. And she was able to Google quietly for scary diseases well, it looked like she was working. Her coat had dried again, and she now knew almost everything about Curly Bird when stiletto heels rang in the hallway. Good morning, said Stella, head of human resources. She threw the door open. How is work? Yes, now I can really get my teeth in that emailing, said Kavia. She peered intently at her screen. Yes, said Stella. Kim came in, the communication colleague. Hi, hi, she cried. 
Now, what a rain. I mean, hello. She needed her wet hair. Someone wants coffee? Everyone coffee. Kim started telling about her boyfriend Stanley. The children of her friend Stanley, the parents of her friend Stanley, and the neighbors of her friend Stanley. Kavia would find this multitude of information unbearable from anyone else, but she could take it from Kim. There is no harm in that, Kavia sometimes thought, without knowing exactly where this phrase came from. And Stanley is really like, fatherhood is everything to me, and that I also understand, but I'm also like, yes, but what about me? But yes, you have to accept that if you choose a divorced man with children. Oh well, choosing, choosing, choosing. As fascinating I find it all, said Stella, I have three words for you, mailing, mailing and mailing. Kim's face changed. Oh yes, she said. Kavia put the coffee cups in the pantry and emailed to Kim. Don't mind her. Moments later, her email pinged. It was Stella. Who should I not pay attention to? It said. Kavia broke out in sweat. She accidentally got the email about Stella sent to Stella. Sorry, Kavia emailed back. That was an old email that was still waiting. A statement worth nothing, but it was Kavia's experience that you should never try to make things too logical. Alright, let's get started. Let's do some work together. Let's um, work together. For this, you need a piece of paper, no matter what sort, no matter what kind, you can really choose your own. A pen, uh, maybe some crayons or something that has color. Uh, and scissors might be good. And a um, work to of your own choice. Uh, I give you a few, um, I give you some time to, to go and get those stuff, get those things. Uh, in the meantime, I'll read something. I uh, wrote down uh, a quote from a book, Annapurna, Annapurna. It's a high mountain in the Himalayas in Nepal. And uh, Maurice Herzog, <laughs> actually was French, he went there. Uh, on the top of Annapurna in uh, somewhere in the 50s and he wrote a book about it and um, he, yeah, it was, I kind of liked it it was really an adventure of uh, going to the Himalayas um, and I wrote down a few quotes I liked well, I will uh, try to <laughs> read this to you and in the meantime get, those, get the paper, pencils, scissors uh, a work tool of your own choice and some crayons or whatever, something that has color, like paint, maybe. Oh, sorry, paint, paint. Um, so, back to Maurice. At page 111, he wrote, We were in a savage and desolate cirque of mountains never before seen by men. No animal or plant could exist here. In the pure morning light, this absence of all life, this earth 
utter destitution, destitution, yeah, of nature seemed only to intensify our own strength. How could we expect anyone else to understand the peculiar exhilaration that we drew from this bareness, where man's natural tendency is to turn towards everything in nature that is rich and generous? Well, isn't that beautiful? Um, I really like the book, by the way. It's uh, the beginning is it's a bit. It takes a long time for them actually to get to the mountains and then it takes a long time for them to find the mountain that they want to climb. Um, so you need to really use your imagination but once they get climbing it really gets exciting and uh, I loved it and then they go down and they lose some toes. It's a big adventure. So uh, if you need a book and you're okay with reading a bit of a slow style, slow pace of writing, I could recommend it. So, but I hope you finally got all the tools you need and don't bother, it doesn't really matter if you didn't really hear what I just did before. So, um, put your paper in front of you and Start in one corner and write down the words work, 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 work. So six times. Work. And then when you've done that, in another corner you write he said me happy h a f f i happy and then i don't know it's, it leaves some room for thought and he when this work is finished if you ever think it's finished or not i mean it it might give people some sort of way to enter into this magical piece we will create together so the next step is um Take a pen, no, take one of the color, colored crayon things or paint. Uh, maybe you need some more time for that. And um, uh, create a shape, oh, you'll hear a sound, and then create a shape on the paper um, uh, that is based on this sound. Okay, here we go. we go to the next part of this uh, work in progress um, that is uh, um, take the scissors and um, fold your paper fold it and then create an opening, you know, on the on the part where you fold the paper. If you cut there somewhere, you you create a shape, and um, make it a shape based on this sound, on this working tool. Oh. Here we go. 
it. I love this. I hope you really like it too. This is really a nice collaboration. I'm really curious what it looks like in the end, but it's a work in progress, so uh, we'll see. And then uh, we have left uh, your um, uh, your object of choice. So now fold the paper open again so you see the earlier the things you did earlier on and and use your object of choice while enjoying this next uh, this music and um, you can stop whenever you think the work is done thank you Well, hopefully you are happy with the results of this amazing exercise. Thank you again for listening to the Unstable podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, I only have to tell you the credits of the chosen fragments. This time, not so much literature, but some more external voices. The first fragment you heard is from Wikipedia. The second is from Eileen Xu and is called How to Stop Procrastinating. Uh, and it's a YouTube fragment. Then comes a Q&A, uh, selected from the website Quora. I really don't want to work, is there something wrong with me? Which is followed by another YouTube fragment from Jordan Peterson, why it is so hard to sit down and study. Followed by our coffee break with selected fragments from the legendary film Coffee and Cigarettes from Jim Jarmusch. Followed by a fragment from the book De Verwaarde Cavia by Pauline Cornelissen. And we close the episode with a hands-on exercise from director and performer Celine Talens.
especially designed for this episode. Thank you for listening. <laughs>